What's up, movie lovers? Welcome to episode number eight of Ready Play Movies. Uh, typically, we're your weekly source for everything that's new and exciting in the world of movies and stuff, but we're actually doing things differently. We had a snowstorm recently, and we're finally making up the episode here. So you're getting two episodes in a week uh, to to get us, our episode count back on track. So um, yeah, we're going to be doing things differently here. So since it's not going to be a, a, a typical episode, uh, we're gonna do things uh, a little a little bit differently. Basically, it's gonna be topic of the show, but for the entire show. And uh, I'm gonna call this uh, for the gaming podcast. We call them like downloadable content. We call them DLCs. So for the movies, we're gonna call it uh, like a BTS, which stands for behind the scenes, not that K-pop group, but <laughs> a behind the scenes uh, uh, episodes, and that's gonna be our series of of uh, special one-off episodes. So uh, I'm your host uh, Louis Menchaca, and I'm joined today by my co-host Troy Bracy. Yes, yes, we here. Let's do it. Yeah. So uh, for our first ever behind the scenes, it's gonna actually be a bit of a behind the scenes on us. Uh, so. I wanted us to talk about like our 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 origin story of you know how we uh, we grew up to uh, to come to love movies. What made us movie fans? What made us become like cinephiles? As far as like you know, there are people that you know watch movies and stuff like that, but it takes a certain like level of of enthusiasm to like go above and beyond that and to like critique it, to interact with it, to like follow the movie news and follow trends and know names of actors, know names of directors, and even sometimes know the names of producers and stuff like that. So it's like uh, it's not just like you know, it's not, we're not just like fair weather movie fans, you know, we know, we know our stuff. And, uh, I wanted us to like talk about, you know, what, what's, what makes us qualified, I guess, to do the podcast because we're a movie podcast and we're pundits and, uh, we never actually like properly introduced ourselves to our listeners and to our audience. Like, you know, why, you know, why should you listen to us and stuff like that? What makes us, um, you know, good good uh, pundits to talk about our love and our passion for movies and stuff like that so so troy do you uh i remember like a long time ago like you would tell like some people at a like at a party or whatever like at a social get together i'm a critic so do you still say that or and also how do you uh feel about that of giving yourself that title yeah i mean i i, I think i definitely still think that way you know i still think i'm a critic because you know it, it's funny because like when I watch movies, I could tell that I'm being critical because I'm looking at what's bad about the movie first. Like, as I'm watching a movie, I'm looking at what can I, you know, um, critique. You know, that's basically how I look at a movie. You know what I mean? I, I find I find myself looking at stuff that, you know, when I'm watching a movie, if the camera is moving too much, I look at like, you know, you just find yourself looking at the acting. You know, these are things that I think a normal person don't, pay attention when they're watching a movie they're just watching a movie and then at the end of it they'll say whether they like it or not and you know they'll have their reasons and me it's like my brain is already at this point programmed to start you know picking it apart you know and that's when you know you have a good movie when you ha have a hard time doing that in a movie you know or in a show that you're watching or something so i definitely i know that's a word that's not liked like critic or whatever but it's just honestly how I dissect films these days. So, yeah, I, I've always said that, you know, and uh, I still feel that way. That is crazy, man. I, 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 I believe you, but also it's just like, I feel like it's like, I feel like I want to tell you you're doing it wrong because like, I'm going to tell you this right now. 
I like to like check out, you know, like I like to like just watch a movie and just go on a roller coaster ride. Mm-hmm. And I like to think about it and sit down and dissect it and think about it after the ride is over. You right. Know? Right. And on sometimes like I would watch a movie with that critical ire on a second go around where I would notice, you know, uh, choices on how they frame the shots or cinematography or wardrobe, things like that, things in the background. Like I would like notice those things. But like if I'm really like being you know critical and stuff so Mm -hmm. i would like if i were to put out like a real true review i would probably need to watch something twice Uh, right right but uh like part of the reason why i loved wonder woman and we talked about it like i think the first episode we talked about our impressions of wonder woman is that i actually like that movie but i probably wouldn't like that movie if i watched it again and like and i would put it like a take out like a magnifying glass to that to that movie yeah um you know i you know and i i agree with i agree with what you're saying you know, it's like, but I, I look at it like, you know, think about it, how if you, you know, a teacher and a teacher's grading a paper, you know, when a teacher's grading a paper, she's looking for mistakes, right? But she's, she's, or he is impressed with what that person's getting right. You know, they're still aware of what's going on with whatever paper you're doing, if you're doing a good job. But the whole paper is you going down the, the test or whatever your assignment is and they're looking for what's wrong with it you see what i mean and that's how it's like the grade goes down for everything that's wrong with a paper or uh mm-hmm. or if they're grading a test you know every one they get wrong the you know the grade goes down right every right. Uh, question they get wrong and and that's just kind of how i do it but and by the end of the you know the test or whatever they grade they still you know picked up on what was good about whatever they did if if they did a good job if they did a bad job and i think that's what stops me from from being somewhat biased because the thing is sometimes you might like something by the nature of what you're watching you know if i like airplanes and and it's a movie about airplanes and it looks cool i might just come out and say oh that shit was amazing you know but i you know that's like my bias speaking and then i come out saying oh i love the airplane movie and then you know you watch it again and you was like oh what was i thinking telling everybody i like this airplane movie this really wasn't that good you know what i mean (laughs) so it kind of keeps that from happening I get you on that. I'm 100% get you on that because I'm gonna tell you this. Uh, I I have a YouTube channel. It's a bit it's a bit on ice right now, but it's still, you know, it still has uh, some Twitch uploads coming on there on there as well. It's YouTube.com/slash/MusingWithMinchaka. I used to do a spoiler cast series called uh, Spoilers with Minchaka, and I did like a cardinal sin of of uh, reviewing stuff because like first off. That was my first time, like, actually critiquing movies, like, in, a, in, a, in any kind of, like, format, you know, like, uh, written or otherwise, you know. It was mm-hmm. – uh, so, first off, I was new to critique, but um, I did this this thing where, like, I would I, I would do the spoiler cast immediately after coming home from the, movie, from the movie theater. And, like, I feel like whenever you watch a movie and you're walking out the theater, you're still, you're still like, buzzing. You're still got that right. butterflies. Right. You still got that tingle, man. You're, like, you know how when you go to the movies with, like, people, with, with your friends and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. you're talking about the movie, like, you guys haven't even got to the parking lot yet? Yeah. Like, that's that energy that I was capturing when I was doing the spoiler cast. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would like cringe a little bit in the sense that like when I would go back and watch like some like even like my age of Ultron review and I'd realize like man I gave that movie a high a too high a score you know Mm -hmm. uh, because it's like I still hadn't I still hadn't had time to like truly digest it or real it's funny that you say that you know because that a review that's I believe is on your um 
on your channel with me and Saul when we went and seen Batman v Superman. Yeah. And, uh, I'm not if I'm not mistaken, I believe we went straight to your house after we seen that movie. After me and Saul seen that movie, and we I remember we recorded me, you, and Saul. We recorded a a review on it, and yeah. uh, like now, when if you know when I watch that movie, you know it's a it's straight up a bad movie to me. Like <laughs> it's not even you know if I watch that movie, I came out like you know just loving. You know, just yeah. seeing the fact that you're seeing Batman and Superman in a We're movie like, together. Yeah. Right. You <laughs> yeah. know, and just that alone, it was like this movie could have been the worst movie ever made, but the fact that you got Batman and Superman in a movie and we just came out and seen it and you know, we went straight to your house and, and recorded, you know, the review. Of course I you know, I gave it a great grade. But that was like like you said, it was a mistake that I made, you know what I mean? Like I don't think I was critiquing the movie, I was just having fun with it. But, you know, when doing that, that's usually when you look back and see like, oh shit, what was I thinking? You know, like <laughs> like I, I you know, I think I watched that review on your channel probably not too long ago, maybe like six months ago or something like that. And uh I remember like even my review I was having a hard time talking about what was good with it. Like when I go back and look at it, you know You just feel it though, yeah. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I, I, this movie probably wasn't that good. Like I could tell by the my you know, it was like I was hard, having a hard time saying like what would what actually made it a good movie instead of like what did I just enjoy about it, you know? Yeah. Oh my God. Like I just and that's and that's the thing, like the YouTube algorithm de demands like the fastest you gotta upload it as quickly as you can because like yeah, it's like the conversation and the search trends and stuff like that. You mm -hmm. know, you gotta you gotta put it out there. Like there isn't uh there isn't time for like, you know, just digesting it and really thinking about it and yeah. just you know, contemplating and stuff like that and pontific pontificating. Uh right. but I just uh I, I don't know, like it it's a situation where, like, I even read, like, one time I read a, randomly read an article talking about how, like, the Oscars should be, like, you know, either either a, a decade ago or um, a year ago at most, you know, where instead of, you know, you know, awarding, like, the best move of the year, like, that same year or that next, then, you know, the following months or the next year, you should, like, you should have, like, the Oscars, but for movies that came out in, like, 2011 right now. So that way yeah. we know 10 years from, uh, 10 years later, you know, these movies you know Stood are the, the best time yeah or yeah they're good on their own merits and stuff like that we're not part of any kind of marketing media blitz hype cycle mm -hmm. for your consideration stuff yeah. instead it's like who did the best you know yeah. that kind of thing i mean and i agree with that because one of the things i hate i hate about the oscars is like the whole um oscars oscar buzz like the whole you know marketing towards the oscars like if you like quality should be quality it should stand on its own you shouldn't have to market qual like you shouldn't have to market you know trying to have the most oscar buzz right like th that doesn't you know it, it should be a movie that don't have a lot of buzz or a lot of people talking about it still have just as high of a chance as someone that has a lot of money to market how good their movie is you know what i mean like i've seen on plenty of occasion you know, uh, the Oscar voters kind of just getting caught up in the buzz and it's like, oh, this the movie, this the movie and really it's another <laughs> movie that's the best movie but it's like, oh yeah, but that didn't get enough love, you know what I mean? So it got overlooked I think I agree with that and then after some years go by, then you say, oh yeah, this actually was the best movie, you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know, like it's just, it's it's interesting thought, it's an interesting thought process but the thing about the, about the Oscars is that it's so tied into like, 
the marketing is so tied to like getting you know money at the box office yeah. you know people will go watch a movie at the movie theaters because it's got oscar buzz and i'm not gonna i i'm not gonna lie i was like i'm guilty of that like i would hear oh my this movie is getting oscar uh, uh nominated this, this movie got nominated for oscars or this movie mm-hmm. won an oscar or whatever then yeah. i would uh, if it's still playing in theaters and i would go watch it and, like right. that's I would seek it out and stuff like that. And I mean, and uh, I, and I look, I, I honestly feel like there's nothing wrong with a movie. Like if a movie's getting a lot of critical love, you know what I mean? Like there's nothing wrong with marketing that to use that to your advantage. If you're a movie studio, because that's what, you know, that's one of the, you know, the rewards of a good movie, right? You hope that you make a good movie and because it's a good movie, people come out and see it, you know? But when, you know, they use that to help win the Oscar, you know, that's when I have a problem. It's like, okay, we're marketed towards, look, we have the, we have the best, you know, critic buzz, so we should win the Oscar. That, that, shouldn't how, that shouldn't be how the Oscars work. Now, box office, yeah, you know, if you have, oh, just getting a bunch of nominations and, you know, it's winning other awards uh, leading up to the Oscars and it's getting a lot of buzz, of course use that to your advantage to make a big box office. You know, I, I've seen a lot of movies just based off, oh, man, it's getting a lot of Oscar love. You know, let me go check it out. But for it to be the winner, you know, for you to market your movie and make it a winner at the Oscars, I, I, that's why I have a problem. Oh no, yeah, they're making they call them a uh, uh, Oscar bait. You know, Oscar they, bait, yeah, that's the yeah. word I was looking for. Oscar they, uh, bait, yeah. They make movies uh, with the formula in mind to right. to uh, get them Oscars and stuff right, like that. Right. Like there was like a, a some some a YouTube channel by the name of Film Theory even like did a film theory about like how to make an Oscar movie mm-hmm. and he would actually look at the trends and look at p- uh, previous winners and stuff like that mm-hmm. and he realized that biopics tend to win Oscars and stuff like yep. that and he was like okay so if you want an Oscar you need to be uh, 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 based on a true story and like yep. he would mm-hmm. like give you like every like little ingredient as like oh you have to be set in World War Two and he yep. like he would like he would do all these like different things and stuff like exactly. that as like if you want to improve your chances if you want like a 60% chance of winning an Oscar. You need to make this movie uh-huh. about this person set in this time. And, you know, like, I'm like, damn, that's, yeah, that's kind of fucked yeah. up. I mean, and it's ridiculous. It's one of the things that, like, if you notice, a lot of genre movies don't a lot of times win Oscars. You know what I mean? Even if it was like, it could be one of the best genre movies ever, it's going to lose to the typical you know, biopic or something, you know, <laughs> or the character study, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, like the, and don't get me wrong, sometimes they deserve to win, but sometimes it's like another great movie will come and they won't give it its credit. So, yeah, man, I definitely agree with film theory and I, I watched I watched that too. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> you know, I just uh, I just wanted to ask you, like we said, we, we talked about on, uh, on a previous episode, you said that you don't like the idea of multiple categories and stuff like that. And I want to like dig a little deeper because... You know, because Oscars don't give movie, uh, you know, best picture and even noms like the dark, uh, the Dark Knight didn't even get nominated for best picture. Yeah, and that was um, just bl- that was just robbery. You know. Yeah. That, so that, like that was robbery. My my question is like, what if you know back when Beauty and the Beast didn't get nominated for best picture, they re- they created a best picture animated category. Mm. Um, what do you think of the idea of like you know starting to like. like divert it and so like you can do best picture drama best picture comedy best picture genre best picture animated well to me uh, the reason why i don't like that is to me it waters down the value of winning an oscar right because 
now you get you're putting the you're putting all movies in a situation where they're gonna win an Oscar no matter what, right? Like you know, I I feel like if 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 you're if it's true art, any type of movie can win. You know what I mean? And so I think it's a way to give it excuse. Like even with the the animated, you know how you can win best animated. Now because they created that that um, category in the Oscars. You rarely ever see an animated movie get nominated for best picture, just regular best picture, right? And it's, <laughs> it's been times where some of these Pixar movies are so good that they can actually be nominated for best picture. But what does the Oscar say? Oh, it has its own category, so we'll just nominate it there, right? And so, you know, and it, imagine if you do that for, I don't know, uh, blockbuster movies, right? You make a whole category for blockbuster movies well now you water down the fact that you know this movie could have won for just being a good movie in general you see what i mean and it's like to me that's like giving an excuse so all right let's make this category so that way we can please the fans and they can get an oscar too you know what i mean but that's not really how that should work you know what i mean like it should be a race and every we movie already... should be looked at it objectively and every movie should have a chance to win hell if fast and furious was a great movie it should have an equal chance of winning if someone did a biopic of michael jackson you know what i mean like and that's the fun of it right that competition is like you know to see anything get that fair shot and i think if the oscars just step up and do what they're supposed to do and not be biased you know you could get more of that but i think uh making a category it kind of bails them out like oh but we, we don't already nominate these fucking we already don't live in a in a world where you know black panther and infinity war can get nominated for an oscar for best picture so why not well i mean well the the, the thing is we, we need to live in a world where we change that you know uh black panther got nominated for best picture you know what i mean that was a huge wait it did Yes, yeah, so I'm trying to let me look this up. I got yeah, it. Black Panther got nominated for Best Picture. Like that, to me, that's a huge step in the right direction. You see what I mean? Logan uh, got nominated for Best Writing. You know what I mean? Like Joker got nominated for the most Oscars um, that year. Like out of all the movies, you see what I mean? So mm. we're starting to see a change, a slow change, nevertheless. But we're starting to see a, a change. And and what and what's going on with these blockbuster movies? And so I think us as Oscar fans, we should want to, you know, we should demand that change instead of giving them a, you know, just a way out of just nominating, you know. Interesting. I actually I can't believe I how the hell did I forget that uh, that Black Panther got nominated for oh, yeah. Best Picture? Yeah, uh, yeah. You know what I mean? And like that's what I mean. Like if we could push that, if we could push the idea of any movie getting that equal opportunity to to get nominated that'll be better than just giving them a bailout and saying hey you know just create a category for it and that way we'll please everybody and that way they can win an oscar no 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 we want that to you know we want batman to be able to win an oscar you know what i mean so that's that's what i feel like we should be pushing for not like extra categories and stuff hmm so I looked this up. Uh, the Aliens, the Sigourney Weaver movie with the you know the, the sequel, not the not the first one, but the second one, wa- did not uh, w- uh, get nominated for Best Picture. And man, uh, I don't think Terminator. I was looking trying to see if Terminator because I know nah. like Terminator is like a big like uh, the what only. Do you call it? I think one of the only big genre movies that won a lot of Oscars was Lord of the Rings. 
Yep. That was, um, I was about to say that next. Like, Lord of the Rings, uh, The Return of the King. Uh, yeah, like and I swept. think the first Star Wars movie. But, but again, Star Wars 1, the, I mean, when Star Wars first came out, it was considered an independent, you know, small movie, right? We look at it now as a big blockbuster, you know, cinema-changing movie. But at the time, it was looked at as, like, this small independent movie, you know. and But it, it actually got nominated for Best Picture, the first Star Wars. So that was amazing in itself. But, yeah, man, it's like, it's a hand few. Like, since the Oscars been around, it's a hand few of genre like action or blockbuster movies that have been nominated. Yeah, I was just thinking to myself like there's uh these are classic films in their own right and stuff. Like I wasn't like just I wasn't trying to like pick something like this like okay, really, but like, you know, the you know, the Terminator like the, especially like the original and the and the first two actually. I wouldn't even go and say like they are they have a legacy and stuff like that. And it's right. kind of well, you know, weird to say that you can go and look at the uh at the awards and stuff like that, and, and people aren't like giving it the credit the credit it deserves and stuff like that. Yeah, so. I mean, and it's embarrassing because a lot of these great movies that you think are like Terminator or whatever the case may be, you remember those movies and you don't even know the movie that won the Oscar. Like you can't even remember <laughs> it. Like you don't even know what beat it that year, but you could remember anybody from by a can of paint could remember Terminator, Alien, or you know anything like that. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. So, all right. Let's go ahead and shift gears here because I actually wanted to uh, go about our origin stories here. And I actually have a, an interesting like beginning here about like how I didn't like I didn't uh, really watch movies correctly here because like one of the things that I realized that as a child, like even up through elementary school, I want to say like around sixth grade when I actually enter middle school that I actually start paying attention to movies because I don't know if this is a me thing or if this is like every child thing or whatever, but I'm thinking it's a me thing, but I could literally watch a movie when I was a kid, and then after after finishing the movie, I have no idea what the hell I watched. I couldn't I couldn't uh, <laughs> explain to you the plot or anything. Like all I watched movies for, all I watched movie for was just for visual stimulation, and that's about it. <laughs> what do you what do you uh, what do you think? Is that a thing? Is that is that a, is that a me thing or is that like? I mean, because like. It's definitely a you thing, but you know I, that's not you know the first time I've heard that you know so that's that's I think that's more common than you than you might think that you know you know because like I have a I have a nephew and stuff like that he was like when he was two years old and um, after the movie was over he was able to like tell me like plot beats and stuff like pretty well like in his own like little sentences mm. and stuff like that like Dang. he was like oh boom and stuff like that and like Dang. I don't know like I don't think like. That's really hard. It's hard for me to believe that, like, you know, as a child, when I watched The Lion King, like, I barely knew what happened in The Lion King, you know, that kind of yeah. stuff. Like, uh, those were things that, like, I would pick up later on. And it's like being able to, like, it's like reading when you read a book and you're, like, reading a paragraph. And after you're done reading the paragraph, you're like, what the fuck did I just read? That's yeah. literally how it was. See, I was like uh, that with reading for sure. Like, that's how <laughs> I was with reading. I read all this shit and then I'd be like, what did I just read? <laughs> like, but actually, I, I, I think I was kind of the opposite, man. Like, it's so many movies that I have seen when I was a kid, and I know rather um, I could tell you if it was a good or bad movie. And like you could look it up on Rotten Tomatoes, and and I and it could be a good or bad movie. You know, like we could actually try that out. Like look, think about movies that we haven't seen and guess whether or not. Like, hmm, I wonder what the Rotten Tomato score is on this. I haven't seen it since I was ten. You know, and then mm. if you're right, you could kind of tell that how you looked at the movie. You know what I mean? Like, I, I honestly feel like I could do that. And uh, it'll be right on track, you know. 
Yeah, there were so many movies that I watched in theaters and stuff like that, but I can't I can't even I can't even explain a scene because like, like I'm gonna I don't give know. you a quick example. What's up? Real quick. I remember um me, Tipsy, and Tony, and I believe Tintu as well, our friends of ours. Mm-hmm. We went to the movies. Um, it was when we could get in free and all that stuff. It was a while ago, and we seen a a, a Will Smith movie by the name of Seven Pounds. And uh, I remember when we watched that movie, Tony and Tintu and Tipsy they were buzzing about it. Oh, this movie was amazing! People were crying in the theater, and it was like, man, it's one of the best movies I've ever seen. And I remember to this day coming out of that movie and saying that movie was terrible. Like, what are y'all wow. talking about? It was, it was a terrible movie. You know, I, you know, and you could ask them this to this day. Like, I was like that movie sucked. I don't know what y'all were talking about. And they were calling me crazy. What, man? What are you talking about? Da, 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 da. If you look up that movie on Rotten Tomatoes right now, it has like a probably a 20 or something like that on Rotten Tomatoes. You know what I mean? Like, but it just kind of showed how I paid attention to stuff even when we were younger. You know, that, you know, I don't think, like, kids paid attention to. Yeah. Well, obviously, like, um, I'm talking about, like, just when I was, like, a, like a child child and stuff right, like that. Right, right, right. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but, like, you know, like, I watched, like, Street Fighter in theaters, and I don't remember a damn scene from that movie. Even, even <laughs> not even now as an adult, but I mean, like, even then as a child. Yeah. Um, uh, so, like, uh, I just got to say that there was, it was, like, a slow evolution and stuff like that. Um I wanted to, I have, like, a I, I made up a couple of questions that I was going to ask, uh, we're going to ask. Um, I was going to ask you during this podcast, as well as, of course, I'm going to try to answer these questions like myself alongside you. Um, and one of the first questions that I wrote was, what is the first movie you remember watching? And I honestly can't remember. Like, I have a, I never, I have a movie from my childhood that I was like, I can tell you that I was, this is going to be like a future sharing the love. Uh, but uh, for me, whenever I get, we get around to it, but uh, Dumb and Dumber comes to mind because we had it on VHS. <laughs> yeah. We had it on VHS, and I watched that movie so much, like uh, on repeat, that I could like like recite the lines alongside the actors as they were saying the lines. Oh kind of wow! Stuff. Um, which, by the way, it's not even a kid movie. By the way, <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. Like you were seeing those uh, rated R comedies at an early age. I see. <laughs> well, actually, you know what the the funny thing about that is, it movie works because I I didn't get it. It went mm. over my head. Like yeah. they actually did a really good job of like of like completely like going over my my head as far as like those the sexual raunchy stuff. Like I had yeah. <laughs> I was it, like that movie was like a slapstick comedy, kind of like like the 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 Three Stooges for me. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Just kudos to them, by the way. Yeah. Um, for sure. um, but yeah, like I I was gonna say like that whenever I was thinking what's the first movie you remember watching, I would say Dumb and Dumber, and I would say it was probably one one of the very first movies that. Like for me, it was like the first movies that I can tell you that I can recite. I can really not recite, but like I can tell you what it's about, you know, very well, better than any movie that I watched around that time frame. So, um, yeah, I think that was like a uh, uh, that was like the slow evolution of me learning to pay attention to movies. Oh, wow. uh, what about you? Uh, what was your first Man, movie you remember crazy. watching? I think the first movie that I remember seeing that I could like m- remember actually seeing was the Rugrat movie. Um, it was like I think I remember it being like the first Rugrats movie, and uh, it came out in theaters and everything. And uh, that's like as early as I could go back, as early as I could possibly think of. Like it had to been like ninety something, like ninety seven or eight or nine or something like that. Damn. And, um. Yeah, I I really like that. That's a movie that I remember like actually watching and sitting down and paying attention to. But man, it, there's no way it had to be something before that. But 
you know, I think that's a, like when I look back as far as my brain allow me, that's what I think of, you know, like that Rugrat movie. And um, and I'm and I remember me liking it like it's being good. But I mean, golly, I was so young. There's no telling. It could have been the worst movie in history. But, you know, I remember thinking like, oh, this is a masterpiece. Like, <laughs> but, you know, who knows? Wow. OK. Yeah, I, I could tell you, man, I've seen so many movies. Uh, um I did watch a lot of rated R movies as a kid, by the way, and like, and then my my mom and dad would like, or my mom really uh, would have me cover my eyes during like certain nude scenes or certain you know right, certain right. scenes and stuff. For uh, and I actually uh, never actually I was a good little boy and I never actually I never snuck a peek ever. So yeah. just throwing that out there. Um, but yeah, like as far as like um, I, I don't know movies that I wanted to ask you about is what is a movie that you watch over and over again? Over and over again, man, it's a lot, you know, um, it's a, it's a lot. Like I think, you know, rewatchable movies like, uh, Friday or days didn't confuse. I watched those a lot, man. Like to me, those are more like hangout movies. You know what I mean? Like, I think the rewatch, the most rewatchable type of movies are the movies that you just feel like you're hanging out and chilling or you just having a fun time. Like the dark Knight, the Batman, you know, that's probably my favorite movie of all time or at least one of them you know i could just watch that just because i'm hanging out and enjoying the movie or like you know like i said friday or dazed and confused it's just a bunch of dudes hanging out you know what i mean and like those movies are the type of movies that you know you just pop in because it's fun you know what i mean like you're not you know we were talking about dissecting stuff you ain't you've been throwing that out the window you're not trying to critically <laughs> review anything you just watching it just to because it's rewatchable you know so yeah those, those would probably be like you know the dark night days and confused like friday you know uh any quentin tarantino movie you know what i mean those type of films damn I'm not gonna lie i don't consider quentin tarantino movies like rewatchable because they're just too damn intense for me like <laughs> I'm not gonna like casually pop in inglorious bastards you know what i mean <laughs> well i think inglorious like really, to be honest, Quentin Tarantino, his best movies are the ones that I think aren't rewatchable. Like some of the best movies a lot of directors make aren't rewatchable. Like you know what I mean? Some movies, the greatest movies of all time, aren't movies that you want to watch twice. You know what I mean? I think his ones that are more fun, like Kill Bill, is more like rewatchable. It's just someone going and hunting everybody down and trying to kill them. It's fun to watch. You see what I mean? But that's not one of his best movies. Or like Inglorious Bastards, that's one of his best movies, but that's one of his least watch rewatchable ones. But like Django, I could watch like we like literally <laughs> if you come over here, we're watching it's Django on almost every week, once a week. Like literally it's either scenes from Django or something. And it's not even me. It's like everybody in the house that just happen to put in Django. You know what I mean? Like that's that's kind of like so I don't know, but that's just how I look at it. Yeah, uh that's interesting stuff. Like for me, like I did watch like The Lion King a lot growing up. Uh I grew up on VHS by the way. So like I, I think watched, we all uh, did. <laughs> I watched uh, The Lion King. I have that on VHS still to this day. Uh the Star Wars uh re-releases the special edition like the the like there was like a VHS triple pack oh, yeah. that had like a, Dar a golden Darth Vader as like Ooh. the casing. And I still have that on my bookshelf right now. Ooh, um, that's nice. I got I got the original, all the re theatrical versions of the uh, the first Star Wars. It's amazing. You lie. Yeah, <laughs> I do. It's amazing, man. Having those, like, seeing how it actually looked in the theaters, you know, it's amazing. What the hell? I thought I thought VHS copies of like the original non-special. Well, mine editions. is on mine is on DVD, but I huh. wish I had them on. Because uh, there's now I'm now I'm 
I'm very skeptical because I don't believe there was ever an official release of a DVD. <laughs> hey, just know this, man. When it comes to me, I'm going to have some exclusive stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, when you're a true movie guy, I'm going to have some exclusive stuff. And, you know, I'm going to send it to you just to show you. You know what I'm saying? That it's just, actual just text theater. Me, just just text, me a, text me a picture. There you go. Yeah, yeah, I got you. <clears throat> Uh, but like, uh, yeah, like, so I, I grew up on those stuff and like, even then, like I could tell you right now, Star Wars, those Star Wars movies, I only watched those movies for those action scenes and I could not, I could care less about when the time they were talking too much. <laughs> uh, again, I was a child, man. I told you I don't watch these movies for, I watch them for visual stimulation and stuff like yeah, that. But, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But, uh, I didn't know quality in front when I, when, when, when it's, unless it's, even when it slapped me in the face. Yeah. Um, but all that stuff, all that notwithstanding though, I did watch, you know, those Star Wars movies. I did watch them over and over again. And like, um, you know, I remember specifically like, uh, the, I remember the battle of Hoth, like on episode five, like the most, because like, for some reason, like that was the one that like, that stuck, that stuck and was ingrained in my head when I was watching it. Um, and that was actually one of the things that I wanted to talk about, like how um, I was I was I was growing out of it because I think for me I don't believe movie theaters or going to the movies the big screen I'm not gonna say that it made me a a, a movie uh, a fan I think that home video did more to make me a movie fan mm. than than not because mm. vhs has allowed me to watch movies over and over again mm. and dvds uh were like a godsend because dvds had special features that gives mm. you behind the scenes of how to how they were making the movies like cast yeah. interviews right right uh, little documentaries about like the making of and like talk about like certain like uh you know, tricks and stuff of the trade, like they were giving away the sauce. They were giving away the secret sauce. And, and in one way, some people can say that, you know, DVD bonus features took away the movie magic because you now you know how it's made. But for me, like it, it was, created me, it was, the movie magic. Yeah. For me, it made me want to like, you know, become mm -hmm. a director. Like I would have fantasies of like directing something or whatever like that, you know? Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I think that's that was an interesting like like pivot, and I think that home video was uh, um, like a good advent for like for future um, creators. And I I don't know if people uh, give a home video enough credit, and it sucks that the home video market is basically like a a, a sinking ship right now. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah. what do you think about that? Well, yeah, um, I you know I I kind of agree with you. By the way, you know I there's so many. Um, home video like behind the scenes or I, I remember just like watching the you know they have the little trailers at the beginning of the tapes when you had the VHS's and you oh yeah you know even watching those and be trying to see if I could find that movie or whatever movie that I see up there for the like for the first time and try to find that movie and watch that as well because it looks good you know so yeah I, I agree with you to a certain degree you know I think the movie magic of cinema is kind of what made me enamored with you know films but like so many movies that i i seen for the first time was on vhs the vast majority <laughs> because we never went you know me my family never really took us to the movies like maybe like three or four times in my whole life before i met the philip brothers and then start going with them uh to amc and met y'all and stuff like that was when i first started going to the movies like consistently so the vast majority of the movies that i've seen for the vast majority of my life has been on vhs or you know dvd later on so i i think i agree with you on that for sure yeah that's there you go um yeah and like i 
I actually went to the movies and stuff like when I was a kid. And we would go to like to the dollar theater and stuff like watch 50 cent movies on <laughs> 50 cent Tuesdays or whatever the hell. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like and, and also <laughs> we we would sneak in like our like like candies and sodas and stuff like an actual like soda cans like an actual like like the like the ones that you have like the the top and stuff where like it goes. You know, mm-hmm. like yeah, yeah. Uh, that's like it was kind of just be awkward. Everybody like, oh well, we obviously know that he just snuck something in. Like, <laughs> <laughs> man, one time I think I one time I accidentally like uh, dropped the can of soda before I opened it. Like I was trying to open oh, it. Oh my goodness! And Louis. and um, it was like the Sundance Theater where the that's not stadium seating. It's actually like one incline, like like a hill kind of seating oh, where yeah. it's like yeah. it's. So there's no steps. So like the freaking can of soda rolled all the way to the front of the theater, like underneath the seats. And talk like, about embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, man. I would have been like, let's just go. I don't even want to watch a movie right now. Let's just go. <laughs> you got anything on that level right there? Can you top me on that one? Nah, I got nothing. There's nothing that that can top that, man. Like that. That's the. I I really don't have because that's one of like the more one of my fears right like like a situation where it's quiet and everyone looking and you make some loud noise and everybody look at you that's kind of one of my big fears so i'm actually very tentative when i go to a theater like i'm like the type of person that's trying to make sure i'm not making any noise make sure i don't have squeaking shoes you know i I pay attention to all that because that like that right there what you just like what you just described that would have made me want to leave the theater and probably not come back for a little while like that that's how bad that would have affected me like fuck (laughs) oh man like i think that's mostly a a non-issue for me but i will say that a quiet place demands everyone to shut the fuck up like i'm not gonna lie when we watched that in theaters we watched it like i think it was like sharing and a bunch of other friends and stuff like that uh, we watched A Quiet Place in theaters, and then there was a guy who was in, like, a wheelchair. Like, I think the guy was, like, special ed. I don't know if that's politically correct to say that anymore. But, you know, you can tell that he's not, like. <laughs> God damn, Louie. Hey, look, I'm just, that's, I got to call it like I see it. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't. I really don't know what the, the the term is to say. I mean, you can you can at me on Twitter and just you know politely you know you know you know tell me. I don't. I'm not yeah. trying to be offend. I'm not trying right, to offend right, anyone. Right. So don't cancel me. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> that 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 being said, but that guy was like you know he was like fidgeting and he was like yelling and like yeah. he was really ruining the movie experience and stuff like that. And I mean, mm. I don't think it, I mean I can't really like blame him. It's like I don't know. Yeah. I can't See, say it's his fault. And that's one of those situations where like. You can't really blame him, you know what I mean? But like what kills me is the babies. It like that that right there annoys me so much when a little baby starts crying or, you know, gets up and start running around or something cuz it's like why like d- like the parent as the parent it's like okay i'm not gonna like if it was me and i have babies i'm gonna i'm not gonna go to the movie theater and see this unless i could get a babysitter i'm not yeah, gonna go because go. i'm not gonna risk ruin the movie for everyone because you know babies cry that's what they do so it's like i don't be mad at the baby i'm mad at the parent like you know for you have a baby, baby in here why are you <laughs> watching this movie like and then they don't even some uh parents don't even have the decency to get their ass out the seat and go like to the restroom until the baby st- uh, stop crying they'll just sit there and let the baby cry ruin the whole movie like i don't even want to get into that <laughs> damn i completely forgot about that uh yeah, yeah. so i guess I, I guess we covered the my next question is what made you fall in love with movies i said dvds and blue and and special features but is well, there anything else that you could say add to that well yeah man like for me i think 
the consistency that movies been in my life without me having something to do with it. You know, I think that's when you know something could be like a like a calling or or something like that. You know, like when and what I mean by that is, you know, I watched so many movies early on just because <clears throat> my mom didn't have cable, but we had a, a VCR. And uh, so she would go and buy little cheap, you know, uh, movies from wherever you would get them, you know, Blockbuster or Pawn Shop or wherever, you know, and she'll bring home movies literally like every day bring it because we didn't have cable. So like that's all we, you know, if we wanted to watch something on TV. That's what we'll watch, you know, and this was before Netflix and before having any streaming service. So it's like if you didn't have cable, then you're watching the few channels on that show on tv for free you know and uh so you know we were so many movies i remember watching and my mama didn't care you know how you know the if it was r-rated and nothing my mama didn't care you know she like look just i don't care watch it you know what i mean if you like it watch it but so i watched so many movies at such a like young age like adult movies you know um and uh i remember just just like you know liking movies like really liking movies enjoying the idea of sitting down watching movies and uh and at a young age and then so you know i and that like i said that had nothing to do with me you know it was like that's all i had what to watch was movies you see what i mean and then you fast forward years later and now i'm getting into the movie theaters for free you know because i know tony tento and tipsy you know what i mean so i'm seeing movies with them for free that again that has nothing to do with me you know we were bored kids and then they, they worked at the theater so they're like hey you know we're like we're bored let's go watch a movie you know that's i can't even tell you how many times we you know because we live by each other by next to each other so we would be hanging out bored at home and be like hey man let's let's go catch a movie you know because we could get in free so that was so many of our weekends so many of our late nights just going watching a random movie you know movies that i ain't even see the trailer for but it's showing an <laughs> amc you know what i mean and we're watching them you know and like like so you know after a, a long period of time and movies being in your life you know you you begin to have a connection to it so once it got to the point where i can control and watch movies you know i still do you know i, I pay for movies in the theaters like i don't get it free no more i buy movies on dvd i don't just my mom don't just have a big stack of them anymore but it's because of those early you know them earlier days in my life where you know movies just happen to be in my life you know and so i think it's just something that i've just always been used to you know movies is, as long as i can remember is something that's been part of my life and so i think just like anything that's been in your life family or whatever you learn you start to love it because it's been in a part of your life as long as it's been so I think that would be like the main reason why, you know, I, I, you know, had a love I do for film and movies and stuff. Yeah, that's a good one, man. Um, I kind of, I kind of sort of like, uh, you know, agree with you on that as well, because we, uh, we definitely um, had, I definitely had more exposure to movies, I would say, like, because we had like, I had, we had cable from like a, uh, from a young age. And I remember when HBO was like on channel 82, mm-hmm. uh, like that's how old uh, we've been having cable um, you know, there hasn't been like, now it's like a thousand plus channels and stuff now these days, but yeah. at the time cable wasn't like that. And like, I had, um, you know, all these movies that would come out and, uh, on HBO because it would basically be like a year to the day. Like, it's like, all right, one year later. And now it's finally at home. And, you know, we would, I would watch, uh, every, every like Friday or I was like either every Friday night or I was like, either every Friday at 7 p.m. or every Saturday at 7 p.m., they would have a premiere of a, a new movie on, on HBO. 
Um, so it was like, mm. you know, like movie night kind of situation. And then, and then there was like more HBOs and stuff like that. There was like family HBO. And like, I remember watching that a lot. Yeah. Um, but we would get the VCR and we would record movies that were like airing on HBO and stuff. We would just hit that record button. So that way, you know, we have it. It's like, it was our own personal DVR. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So there was that. And uh, we even, we still have some of those like bootlegs, basically they're bootleg, uh, on V on the VHS and they're, they're behind me on the, on the bookcase, on the bookshelf. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say that, and uh, and I do want to. I guess I guess we should address that as well because uh, we you know fast forward in the time and stuff. Like I was a senior in high school, and I decided, you know, well, I didn't decide. My mom decided that I needed to get a job, basically, and I was like, I don't want to work, but she's like, you're gonna work. <laughs> so she got me my first job, basically, like by pure uh, happenstance. Like it wasn't like it wasn't like um, like predetermined or anything like that. But um, we were at a movies, we were at the movies, and I want to say I might have been like Night at the Museum, because this was like December of 2006. Mm-hmm. And um, of all, the, I, I can't believe I remembered that specific detail is that it was Night at the Museum. But it was December 2006, and um, uh, we watched the movie with my, me, my mom, and dad. We, we, it was a good time, whatever, yada, yada, yada. We walk out of the theater, and as we're leaving the theater, um, my mom asked uh, the ticket take later. The ticket taker lady is like, "Do you have any applications?" Uh, and then the ticket ta- the ticket take uh, taker lady said uh, to my mom, "Was like, oh no, you you look you look a little bit old to be working at the movie theaters." And she's like, "Oh no, no, not for me, my son and stuff like that." And then so she's like, "Oh okay, okay." And so she um, what an asshole for saying that to your mom. <laughs> like like she had to ask you for all that. Just give her the damn uh, application. Shut the hell up. Uh, no, I mean, it was, my mom. When my mom tells a story, it's a bit of a joke, kind of like half ha, ha, funny kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but was she? So she gives the application to my mom, and uh, she puts a little post-it note and write, wrote down her name on the uh, on the application. And so basically, when I was able to submit the application back to them, like the actual paper application, it was basically looking like it was like that. You know, she recommended me for the job, kind of thing. Like, oh, I kind wow. of go to that's the, clever. Uh, kind of uh, put me to the front, the, the top of the list, you know, the top of the pile. And um, I, so I ended up getting the job. And by the way, separate side note, I was the last person or like the last class that did paper applications because right after me, uh, the every new hire after me was uh, online only applications. So yeah. I was at the, I was at the cusp of, you know, you, you don't just, you can't just go to the, the movie theater and ask for an application, you know, when yeah. you're there. Now it's like you got to go online, and yeah. um, so I didn't have to do that personality test that they they uh, they uh, do now, and they implemented after that, yeah. which kind of like weeds people out. <clears throat> so um, the uh, the application process went smoothly, and I got the job at the uh, at the movie theater. So that was uh, January or February of two thousand and seven when I finally got the job, and uh, and I was working for minimum wage and for five fifteen an hour, and the that's uh i i actually kept every ticket stub of every movie that i watched for free because when you were getting these free movies you actually have to sign a log 
and then a ticket has to get printed out for you uh, whenever you watch the movie. So that's as a way of counting the the you know the seats sold kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so uh, oddly enough, the most randomest movie that I decided to be my very first ever free movie was a uh, uh, a movie starring Kristen Stewart from the Twilight series, but before she was Twilight famous, mm-hmm. was uh, was a movie called The Messenger. Oh wow. <laughs> I still have the ticket stub, by the yeah. way. <laughs> yeah. So, obviously, you know, it's like, it was February of 2007. There wasn't a lot of quality. I think my second movie might have been the Nicolas Cage uh, Ghost Rider movie. But um, oh, yeah. I do remember, like, during my interview process, is like the, the manager that that interviewed me uh, was, uh, he asked me, you know, why, why, uh, why, why do you want to work here? And I remember, like, giving the answers, like, man, I love movies. And, like, I, mm. I just want to... Uh, you know, I just wanted to to work there, and I forgot how I, I phrased it, but basically, it felt like, it kind of felt like it's like it was you know putting me close to like the movie industry kind of stuff. Is like even though Man, it's it clearly not. It it, it trips me out because I think about like AMC, like that era brought so many friends that I know to this day that I'm cool to this day. Yeah. It's like it, it you know I wouldn't have known them if it wasn't for that movie theater you know and I didn't even work there you know I was just <laughs> I just got in so much that I was all I was always there you know what I mean like it was you know I knew everyone that you know that the Phillip brothers knew based off me just being with them so much you know but yeah. you your think roommate, about that you met era, your roommate through the, through that by the way you say what you met your roommate through that by the way right exactly you know and uh and I just think about that era, you know, of like even and, you know, you were like a era before, you know, because I think yeah, you like you say you've been there since 07. So you was there like way before like tipsy and Tintu. Yeah, I got Tony hired on to the, the job in 08. Yeah, right. Right. So, you know, it just it just like a lot of the people that I know to the day I met from working there. And I don't know if, you know, if Tony and Tintu and Tipsy never worked at AMC. I don't know if I would even know you or Saul or any of the Perez's or any of that, you know, to this day. I don't even think I would have met you, Sharon, any of us. Like, Victoria, everyone, yeah. Victoria, everyone. It's like that that literally brought us all together, you know, and you know, and just thinking about all the different times we went to way to uh theaters in Dallas and stuff to watch movies and stuff <laughs> and like IMAX. that. Right. Yeah. For to see it in IMAX and all that stuff. Like all that stuff wouldn't have happened if everyone just wouldn't if you wouldn't happen to have got a job at AMC, you know, if your mama didn't happen to make you get a job at AMC, you know, you probably wouldn't have got Tony on at AMC. And yeah. then, you know, Ten Two and Tipsy probably wouldn't have worked at AMC. And yeah, literally it's like, Tony. you know, it would have just been a whole change in the whole spectrum of things, you know, and I think that's that still always tripped me out, and that's why I, will, I think I will always remember the AMC for that, you know, and just uh, all the great movies I've seen there and, and a lot of the people I met just because of that AMC. It was cool. What an interesting chain of train reaction that, like, my mom getting that paper application yeah, set in yeah. motion this series of events because yeah. I, I met Tony at, at and Community College, and uh, he would have been somebody that I met for only one semester in class, yeah. and then I would have said goodbye to him like so many others. Yeah. Uh, the fact that I, you know, I got him the job at AMC just basically made it so that we became like we eventually became best friends and stuff like that. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's a trip. And really, if you think about it, it even 
it even domino affected even farther because then you know when you start having like game night and stuff at your house you know next thing you know you got victor and daniel coming over and you got hakeem coming over and like yeah. literally none of that would have happened you know if you wouldn't have got tony on at amc or if you didn't start working at amc got tony on at amc and then which charted started that chain reaction of dude you know what i'm saying like it's like all that came together and it's kind of sparked by you know your mama getting you that application at amc <laughs> you see what i mean it's it's a trip when you think about that you know yeah I'm glad I'm glad I didn't botch the interview because like what's kind of interesting is like the the, the manager uh, actually had and I didn't know this when he had this um, when he was interviewing me he had the congratulations welcome aboard paperwork in his hands uh, to you know uh, to do the interview and stuff like that and he just like all right welcome aboard kind of stuff like immediately like you know he didn't I didn't see what was in his hands by the way he just he like you know you you don't you have like the folder in front of you kind of thing. Yeah. But basically he was already guess he was ready to give me the job right, right then and there. And, uh, I just, I guess I, I said all the right things. I mean, it wasn't even that, it wasn't even that hard an interview, by the way. Like it was, yeah. uh, it was, it, you know, it's an entry level job. It's, you know, it's, and it's a minimum wage work. So I remember uh, it's a trip. Like I, I used to get in there so much with tipsy and tend to, and Tony, I used to get in the, into the theater so much for free with them. Like it's, it was a couple of times that I came without them and they let me see the movie for free. Cause <laughs> it's like, well, shit, you see all these movies for free anyway. Here, go ahead. You know what I mean? And I think that was before you even got, you even got into a couple of employee screenings. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, cause it, I mean, it was before the assigned seating and stuff. So yeah. like, I mean, like, uh, yeah, I, I've definitely got an employee screening before. I can't remember what movie it is, but I had to talk to Tony about that because he the one that got that, helped me get that situation where it was like, I would remember being scared, like, hold on, man, I don't even think I'm supposed to do this. And then, like, he was, it was all cool or whatever. But I remember one time you were like, you came out of the theater all sleep. Like, I forgot what it was, but you were, <laughs> it was really late because employee screenings are really late at night. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I, 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 were you scared one time? Because, like, one time I think you might have, you weren't used to seeing the movie theater all dark and like the lights turned off kind of stuff yeah, that, that like, might have been that might have been the time i'm thinking of too you know like it was so long ago i can't remember what but i remember it being just weird like oh shoot and like, yeah, and like you said they were night like i i got used to over time us watching movies late late at night but i mean at first it was like man uh, like it's to, like we were catching like the last movie show and i remember us walking home at like one something in the morning like and they turned <laughs> off all the lights outside too they shut yeah, them off all the lights yeah. when we leave out the theater all the lights are off in the whole thing i'm like oh no nah, man what the hell i had to get used to that so yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right so um I wanted to then pivot to the next question here. Uh, what was your first experience with making a video project oh, of anything? Man. Editing, directing, acting, whatever. Yeah. Like, uh, what do you think? I think what do you that got to be, I remember my dad, he he bought like one of those cameras. It was like one of those handheld cameras. Uh, it was like a Super 8 camera or something like that. And uh, he recorded us, you know, riding our bikes. And uh, he made me record my sister because my little sister or whatever, because he had to go do something, work on his car or whatever. He had already recorded me riding my bike. And uh, my sister started crying because she wanted to get recorded riding her bike. But my dad had to go. So he told me to do it, you know. And uh, so I started recording my sister riding her bike or whatever. And eventually, you know, he, he was able to turn it into like a VHS or whatever, you know, however that worked. You know, he made it a VHS little tape. 
And, you know, I remember like, so all the scene, all the parts where my sister's riding a bike, it was me that recorded it. And so I remember them being mad because all the footage was terrible. Like you see me like <laughs> start running off and, you know, like, and it's like, I'm pointing the camera at the ground and, you know, it's like, and like all the, the footage of my, of me riding the bike, it's all smooth because my dad recorded it. So it's all smooth. You see me riding by fast and you see me from a distance and all that stuff. And my sisters, it's all muddled, you know, and all that. And I remember everybody being mad, like, dang, Troy, really? But I was a kid. Like, I don't even, I really don't even understand why he did it. Like, why he, you know, you know, trusted me to do it. But I think it was mainly just to stop my sister from crying or whatever. So he was like, look, just do this so that way she don't cry. But yeah, I think as far as, in terms of like my first something that I kind of, recorded you know and i and i really it's funny because i really felt like i was directing you know but i i obviously did a terrible job but you feel like you're directing you know because you'd be like i tell my sister hey go up the hill so that way you could come down the hill fast and i can see you coming you know and then she'll go up the hill and ride down or whatever and so like it, you know looking back at that it was like wow man i actually directed something you know it was, it was pretty cool you know but uh yeah i think that'd be probably the first time i remember you know artist like making something you know anything else after that would probably be like a school project or something like that interesting i completely uh i almost want to like neglected those those stories because we have uh we have old vc or vhs's and stuff like uh I, my family was the first uh in like our extended family to have like a um a video camcorder and stuff like that like we had a um um one of those like home uh video cameras from like the 80s yeah that you it mounted on your shoulder it was a big ass thing and inside the inside the camcorder was a vhs not like a little mini v vhs or anything like the full sized vhs that was in there that oh, was the wow. cassette that was bad that was bad ass. like back then yeah yeah that was like some big technology shit hell yeah that was like that was uh like we were the only uh members in our family like my dad he bought it and like we were the only one in the Menchaca family like that had like the whole like you know video home videos yeah. um and like they we lent it out to like some cousins and aunts and uncles and all that stuff for them to for them to use it and stuff but mm -hmm. we were like we have like these videos from like the 80s and like i was like an in, like a, a a toddler and stuff like that like two years old and and all the stuff that i uh during the COVID lockdown i actually rediscovered them um like mm -hmm. i found like the vhs's in our bookshelf oh that's um, dope that's dope and so i put the we have a working v, a vcr in our house and uh because like i've been doing the youtube channel and i have like the the hardware i have the ability to capture um you know footage like uh, like when I do my glitz plays, I do my game capture and stuff. Yeah. So I decided to capture the the V the the VHS's copies and stuff like that, um, and digitize them. And I have oh, wow. every I have every uh, VHS cassette from the '80s. Oh yeah, because I remember wasn't you at uh, Hilda Perez yeah. in them house? I remember you wasn't you like showing them or giving them digital yeah. copies and stuff like that. I remember seeing y'all when y'all was little and stuff. It was cool. Yeah, I gave them there. I I digitized theirs as well. Um, how do you, uh, real quick, just kind of off subject, but how do you do that? Like, how do you digitize it? Like, how do you, because there's some tapes and stuff I want to digitize, but I don't know how, like, how that works. Basically, you need to have, like, a, a USB converter. So, like, you have a uh, an adapter that plugs into the VCR. So, you know, like, the VCR has the yellow, red, and white composite mm -hmm. yeah. output. So, you take that, plug it into the adapter, and then on the other end of the adapter is a USB. So, you plug mm -hmm. it into your computer or your laptop. And then there's a free software that comes with the adapter, 
and you just hit record. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I'm going to have to do that. I'm going to have to do that for sure. Okay. So, yeah. So, it's basically how you do, like, the same thing with, like, the Let's Plays and stuff like that. Like, there's mm-hmm. a HDMI. Instead of the red, white, and yellow, it's an HDMI, and it just captures it to the PC. Oh, okay. Um, so, I have that. I already had all that that uh, hardware. Like, I just happened to have it. And so, I used it, and I uh, I recorded all of these VH, uh, the VHSs and stuff like that, and I didn't stop there because I then found a box of, like, these old nine or eight millimeter uh, cassette tapes they like they look like the size of the cassettes that you would put on like a car like a stereo like the old car stereos oh yeah yeah um, yeah before cd players yeah um and so they're 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 video cassettes and like i was able to um uh digitize those as well because the uh the camcorders that came with the uh the the you know the camcorder itself has a yellow red and white composite output so that to go, so you can play your 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 home videos on the TV. Oh yeah, that's solid. That's solid. So yeah, because I can cool. do that, I was able to capture it and record it and digitize yeah, it. Yeah, that's that's dope. That's dope. So I have all these old videos, and they're on my. I actually have them on my phone, like straight up, like the actual footage uh, on my cool, phone. That's cool, man. Like yeah, no, that's that like that's something I think everybody should do if they if they do have that um, the archives of those you know videos and memories, they should try to digitize it because. You know, these uh, can happen to film, like you know what I mean. Well, like actually, they're too. they're magnetic tape, and yeah, they they can get damaged. They can right. they can get staticky. Uh, staticky they can they can up, ripped, tangled, yeah, tear, torn up, and also like they yeah. can stick together. If they if they are if they're like wound up and stuff, they'll actually start sticking together like Velcro, yeah. um, and then it'll actually like destroy whenever it's like you're playing it and stuff like that. Yeah, so yeah. we had an issue with one of the old VHSs because it got so old. Um, mm-hmm. That I actually had to like look up a YouTube video on how to like open how to how to open up a VH uh, a VHS and then and then splice it like cut like take some scissors and cut it and tape it together, Damn. like it was crazy. Um, uh, and so I'm, I'm I was glad I was able to pull it off and restore it and stuff like that. I, um, mm-hmm. It was very scary. And yeah, um, those are the memories, man. For real. I know, right? And so like it was actually kind of impressive because I actually like. Uh, I told, I showed, I casually showed like a, like a Christmas from like 1999 to one of my, uh, my friends on my phone is like, Oh, Hey, look at, look at this and stuff like that. And like, my friend was like, wait, wait, stop, stop. Well, how do you have video on, of that old on your phone? <laughs> and I'm Shoot. like, Oh yeah, I guess I should like, I didn't really like, it's a, yeah. I'm like, I kind of like, I made it look, it kind of like. You know how you can just like show a video. You can take like an Instagram video or whatever, like a Snapchat video on your phone, just casually, and you just play it on. You just yeah. show it to your phone. I basically treated it like that. I was like, oh hey, check like, this. Yeah, video. like it's like it was like Instagram existed back yeah. in '99 or something. Yeah, you could just post it like <laughs> all nonchalant, like like what the hell? Wait, how you do that? Like. <laughs> exactly i was actually uh it was perfect i was like i was so like cavalier about it that i completely forgot that i was a whole process about like having to digitize it and stuff like that it's like and he was like my friend was like i have no footage of video footage of me at that age is what he said and i'm like and and it's crazy that we're talking about this because i'm going over my grandmother's house uh tomorrow and i haven't seen her in years and um I'm going to like ask because uh, I remember she telling me she got a big box full of like different stuff. And I think I might go tomorrow and try to pick up one of those adapters that you're telling me about. And I'm going to try to go like while I'm there, try to, you know, uh, digitize some of that stuff, man, because she I'm sure she have memories that I don't even remember. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it is really crazy seeing like my like two year old self, my three year old self and stuff like that. It's really it's really crazy. It's like uh 
it was like it was like looking into time because like there was actually a situation where like there was like we had reached a 30 year anniversary of a date that happened like we have uh, like some of the tapes were like they had like one of those like um, what do you call it those stamps where you can mm-hmm. press a button and then it tells you like the date and the time on the bottom right yeah, corner yeah 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 so we had one of those things and we were like oh yeah look it, like next month is a 30 year anniversary of that and then yeah. and, and it was kind of crazy and like I don't know it's really weird seeing myself like act a certain way and stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm like a little two year old to- like toddler and stuff, but like <laughs> it's it's so funny uh, seeing myself be like a little brat. And I'm yeah. like, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's it's really like if it really does, I'm like feel like time travel because you'll be surprised. The vast majority of the people today don't have actual footage of when they were younger. You know, they might have pictures and stuff but like getting to see themselves run around and see how your personality was as a kid your voice and your voice and the stuff you would say and stuff it's like these are the memories you don't really remember you know what i mean so it's like it really is like looking into like a wormhole or something uh, yourself when you were young and it's like oh shit this how i was like it's 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 something weird you know what i mean because i mean like i said most people don't have footage of themselves you you know they have their memory and they have uh, photos and pictures and stuff but like actual footage of them walking around especially us like i'm i'm sure all the kids of this generation will have a lot of footage because you got camera phones and all kind of stuff it's like it's so easy but back then you had to buy a you know some kind of a, a handheld you know camera to actually record that stuff and a lot of people i don't think either they couldn't afford it or they just wasn't that dedicated to having footage you know what i mean so yeah like, or, or even the worst we were so offensive we were like you know the biggest offenders of this is we would uh record these camcorder footage and stuff like of birthday parties and christmas and stuff like that we would never watch them we would have it <laughs> we yeah, just yeah, put, it, put yeah. it away and stuff but yeah because yeah, it wasn't sure. it's not like easily accessible you know it's like a whole like process, a whole process of yeah. like taking the camera plugging it into the wall and then like plugging it into your tv and like yeah. also because it's magnetic tape you can't like skip forward you can't scrub yeah, you know you it's like gotta watch all you of have, some of the boring stuff and all yeah that. it's a mechanical like uh, drive that's like rewinding and fast forwarding the tape and stuff like that and you can't like you can't skip forward like five minutes you know real quick you have to fast forward through those five minutes or watch yeah. them you know so yeah digital digital watching these old videos on digital is actually more convenient in that sense i will say um, yeah for sure but yeah, like uh, as far as like the original question was like, you know, what was your first experience with making a video project? It actually wasn't my first experience. You know, I've been making videos before I digitized those things. Um, you know, uh, I actually do remember um, my uh, first uh, foray into making a video project, and it's actually uh, it came from like this weird jealousy place of all things. I can I can I can give you like the whole like laydown here, a uh, lowdown on this one is uh, I. I was in high school, and I want to say it was 2006. Uh, this is before I got the job at the movie theater. Uh-huh. And um, my brother was deployed in Iraq, and he was doing his tour. And I saw a uh, my cousin Alice was doing like a video project just for funsies. I don't remember what it was or what it was for. Maybe it was just for personal use, but she was using Windows Movie Maker to edit a video. Oh, wow. Yeah, and that's that was my first ever experience with editing anything was with Move, Windows Movie Maker. And you know, any, anyone who knows anyone who knows Windows Movie Maker is that it's basic as fuck, and it's really it's not real that basic. Yeah, <laughs> it's not that good. It's really it really sucks. And you it know, sucks on, bad. Yeah. And and honestly, 
uh, exporting stuff is like, uh, like it's like you're rolling a dice. You know, you don't even know if your computer's gonna crap out at you and stuff. Because this is like back in the day with like Windows XP and the processors were not that good, and, or you know, not good by today's standards, but they were good for those standards. But like, yeah, what year like, was this? Uh, 2006. So okay, like, yeah. I I bought my computer in 2003, and I was still using the same computer. Like from 2003 to 2009 and 2010 or whatever. Like I had that Windows XP computer be my home computer for seven years straight. Like straight up. Like Damn. Uh, I was rocking. <laughs> I was rocking that computer as my my home computer. So when you get so well, when you get the computer that I, you used to help me edit my videos with? Uh, 2015. Oh, so so you did you go straight from that uh, that computer that you had for seven years to that 2015 computer, or was it one in between? No, no, there was one in between. There was a 2010 oh, okay. computer, and then a 2015 computer, and then I have a 2018 computer. Is what I have right now. Uh, oh, okay, okay. But like the 2003 computer was the last like Best Buy pre-made computer, and everything else from 2010 onwards was like custom built computers and stuff that were. Uh, that were awesome and like top of the top shelf kind of stuff. But oh, okay, okay. But I got you. working with what I had in '03 was was like it was it was slow. Even I don't know, maybe not slow for the time, but I will say it's definitely not. It's definitely not up for the task. And sometimes if you were trying to render something, you would you would have to hope you know obviously save your work every so often you know because if it crashes or even or even worse if it crashes during the export, man, that's gonna be a pain in the ass. But yeah, um, talk. But yeah, I um I actually uh I actually did the the thing where like when I saw my cousin when she when she did that video, it was like a like a a little music like montage video of pictures and stuff like a it was basically like a video a video uh slideshow basically. It wasn't so much uh video of like moving like moving pictures, it was just stills and stuff like with cool little swipe effects and like cool music and timing everything and like it was very awesome and i was thinking to myself i was like oh okay that's that's cool um and i was thinking to myself i could do it better and so i was a little jealous you know i was like a little trying to one-up her kind of thing and so i decided (laughs) to make my own video project and it wasn't going to be still pictures i mean it had still pictures in it but it was going to be full-on like video and stuff like that so in 2006 uh my mom bought a uh, uh a canon camera like it was one of those like you know five megapixels it was like oh my god and it was yeah it was our first digital camera it was five megapixels and it had an sd card we had like our sd card had uh 256 megabytes i mean yeah. like yeah i was that was some that was the shit i thought it was a shit back then and stuff yeah, that was badass that was the <laughs> shit back then <laughs> i know so we had uh we did that and so the the camera was meant for stills it was meant for pictures and stuff like that but what there was a video mode in the uh in the uh, camera and so i would actually take videos on the um on that canon camera and they were very shitty quality like i'm talking about like 10 frames per second like there's motion blur like out the ass um (laughs) like the the microphone wasn't that good and uh, i made a full-on video like i did a thing where like my since since my brother was on tour in iraq I decided to uh, make a video project where I recorded all of my family members like talking to the camera, like saying hi to him and, you know, you know, hey, hey, what's up? Hi, we're greetings from Fort Worth kind of thing. And like, you know, do the whole. Um, oh, that's you know, badass. Yeah. Like, hey, what's how you doing, bro? Kind of stuff. All that good. Stuff. Like I, I did an interview with all of my family members, like all my cousins, my aunts, uncles, my brothers, my mom and dad, me. Like I did the whole thing and I took the, all the videos of all of us 
And I went on movie, Windows Movie Maker and I put it all together and I spliced between us and I'm like cutting back and forth between everyone. So we're all like basically talking together in unison. And I, I, and I, and I pressed it to DVD and then I shipped it off to him to, to Iraq. Oh, that's dope, man. You you basically made a little movie. Like, you I actually did. did editing and made a movie, you know? Yeah, yeah. I don't know what happened to that DVD, by the way. Like, I don't think we have any of them. Like, I don't think I kept, I don't think I kept my own copy, but I ended up making two of them. I made a, a, uh, uh, a revision uh, second time around, whereas, like, I, I basically re, I did a director's cut version of the same thing. So I realized that I interviewed only my mom's side of the family, the entire, like, there was none of my dad's side. So none of yeah, my dad's yeah. side cousins or whatever, like Saul and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so they didn't, they weren't in it. So I decided to re, to shoot it again or, or continue shooting it. And the thing is, like, he was already coming back. He was already on his way back from, from Iraq and finishing his tour. So what I ended up doing was I, I finished it. I, 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 I printed it to DVD and then I gave it to him right when uh, he, he landed. Like, so he saw it um, whenever he got back to the States and he watched it like on the drive back home uh, before he uh, was released to us. Because apparently like when he got back, they were, he was like, you know, sequestered to a base or whatever, like for a week. Uh, so so he was able to watch it like there, you know, before we, we got to cool, be reunited gave, with him. You gave him the Lewis cut, you know, the Lewis cut at a, yeah. Yeah. And I put like a little credit sequence and it's like dedicated to him and everything, all that stuff. It was really awesome. Man, that's what, that's, that's pretty badass, man. Like that's like, those are the type of stories that filmmakers have. Like when you look at like early filmmakers, they'd be like, Oh, I made this for, you know, my brother or my mom or my cousin. And that's how I got into filmmaking. It's the, like, that's one of those type of stories. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, that's pretty exactly. cool too. Yeah. It was my first foray into editing and stuff like that. And like, you know, learning to, how do I like frame and, my shots? And the question and... that I have, do, do I know this cousin that you tried to one up? Um, I'll I'll say her name. I mean, I'm, I don't know if she listened to the podcast, but her name is Alice. Uh, oh, Alice. I don't think you've ever met. She's on my mom's side of the family. You know my oh, dad's yeah, side. Yeah, I probably never met her. Yeah. You may you know my dad's side of the family more than my mom's side. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, so um, yeah, there was uh, it was like I I I have her to thank. You know, she got me into the. She opened my eyes to the idea of making something. You know, like. And I'll always give her credit for that. Like, even when I make another video project and I'll put the credits, I would say, uh, inspired by and then credit her name and stuff. Because, you know, she set me on that path and it was just by pure happenstance. And, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, like, again, we talk about those, like, we talk about those chain reactions and stuff like that. Because, like, I've been making videos like that for my family um, frequently. Like, I haven't been good at it, but I've been, you know, taking up that mantle and not, and not, mm -hmm. uh, not forgetting it. Because, like... I did a, I did like a 2008 interviews. I did uh, 2014 interviews and stuff like that. So yeah, um, yeah. So yeah. Sorry if I was like you know rambling and stuff. No but, no uh, no. That ain't rambling. Shoot. Like <laughs> no nah, man. That that's a that's a fantastic story. Shoot. You know what I mean? And it's crazy because like even when I think about like you used to help me edit my videos. Like you know what I'm saying? You like to you take editing. You know you use editing so much. Just since I've met you, you know what I mean? Like editing your YouTube videos, help me edit some of my videos, you know, editing this podcast to the day. So it's like that's kind of like an origin story of you, you, you know, getting your editing skills and, you know, or starting off trying to do it for the first time. You know what I mean? Like, like even me, I just learned how to edit so late. Like I just since I've been doing my YouTube to start messing with editing, you know what I mean? But looking I'm back at I'm George, impressed, by the way, I'm impressed by how, how what you were able to teach yourself because 
um, I don't deal. That. I don't deal in those uh, in that file format where it's like a, you have like a, what is essentially is like a a, a layered a layered yeah. video. Yeah. Uh, that yeah. plays in the beginning of your thing with like little uh, like and action like the little yeah. clap thingy. Like, yeah. I don't, yeah. I know. I know of that. It's basically like a. It's, it's essentially like a chroma key kind of situation. I know uh-huh. I'm eating the weeds, but yeah. I don't do that. I don't. I don't deal in that stuff. And I'm. I I, I use like so I've been using the same janky video editing software since I've been editing. Like after yeah. Windows Movie Maker, uh-huh. I had a, I have a, a program called Nero yeah. and uh, Nero came with an editing suite and it's very basic and I've been editing on Nero ever since. And it's, and Nero is not an industry industry standard. I can't get a job as an editor for some YouTube channel because most people want to have like, you need to have like Sony Premiere Pro or Adobe, Adobe yeah. like uh, uh, experience or know how to use those programs. I can't navigate my way through it, but I've made some some good shit on Nero. Yeah. Nah, I'll yeah, say that. yeah, for sure. Like, well, it's crazy what you're able to do with what you're working with. You know what I mean? Like, it's dope. And like, even it's the same with it's the same with the editing software I use. You know? Yeah. Like it's the word I, I use is like it's not like a known editing software. It's like a just a regular. It's called like Filmora Nine or something like that. You know what I mean? So. Mm. It's just yeah, so it's, but uh, yeah, that's that's even more impressive because if you did use one of those like, you know, those big time, big known editors somewhere, you'd probably be doing all kind of stuff with it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'd have to basically learn how to walk again and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't, I like Nero because I bought it uh, for like eighty bucks and it's like mine to keep. Yeah, it's yours. You know, like yeah, I, ins- yeah. I installed it. It's my license. It's kind of like the old days of like when you bought like a computer and it came with like Microsoft Word. Uh-huh. Uh, I actually hate the idea that of subscription software like on a computer specifically. Like yeah, when my, Microsoft now has like the thing where it's like Microsoft 365, where it's like you pay an annual subscription or a monthly subscription for like for Microsoft Word. And I just I I hate that. Like I like having like Microsoft Word and it's my and it's installed on the PC mm-hmm. and that's it. Yeah, yeah. Um, like yeah, I, I ain't gonna lie. I hate that too. Like before I knew anything about editing software, I thought like once you pay for it, it's yours, you know. But you find out like like mine, I paid for a year, like I, like a year to have. Oh you know, man. Yeah. So like it was like a a whole year is mine, but it's like when that year is up, it's just like any damn anything else. You know what I mean? Your subscription's up. You got to pay again. It's like, fuck. Yeah. And I think they, they did have a lifetime uh, option, but I, I think I went with the cheaper one for just a year. You know what I mean? But, and I, I, and I think I went with that option just to, you know, just in case like I didn't like this editing software, but it's like, it sucks. You just want to buy, buy some shit and it's like, you want that, that shit to be yours. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, like it's like companies are like are are realizing that they can more, make more money by a subscription model. So like uh-huh. Adobe went to that subscription model where it's like the only way you can buy like an Adobe software suite and your tiers to keep is if you're like a student at a university because they'll they'll sell you the student bundles. But to like the everyday normal uh, people like you and I who are not students, you have to buy the monthly subscription where it's like you have to pay them constantly, constantly to yeah. continue to have access to it, which is kind of crazy because uh, you know they're also like professional industry standards and stuff like that that you know you don't want to you don't want to hire somebody on who uses like bootleg excel like some weird ass name or whatever you want somebody who's proficient in microsoft excel kind of thing and mm-hmm. same thing yeah. with editing stuff that's why like i saw like uh some some applications of like you know stuff like for ign and stuff like that and they they write on their their specifications like you know need to know how to use you know this software and i'm like I'm not training that. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. But 
Yeah, it just sucks, but I, I'm glad that I'm I'm able to do what I do. And uh, yeah, you're right. It is a this whole episode, this whole podcast is called Behind the Scenes, and it's it's about it's about our origin story. It's about like you know these kinds of stories, these kind of touchstones that help you know define us and you know makes us you know the the film um, lovers and movie lovers, the cinephiles, the, the critics that we are. It's like we're we're definitely uh, building on our on our experiences, and you know. We bet we come from two different backgrounds, and I'm glad that we can like you know clearly we've talked about our differences and stuff, but we also have like that shared commonality and how much we love movies and how much they defined us and how much we we grew up with them, and yeah. we have a completely I like that we have uh, different uh, lenses on how we we scrutinize uh, movies and stuff like that, and uh, it almost kind of feels like we balance each other out in that in that regard. Yeah, for sure. Like, yeah, that, I think that's one of the good things about movies. You know what I'm saying? They could, you know, bring people to, you know, it's like it brings people to have discussions. It brings people to agree, disagree. You know, it brings different walks of life together. Like, I, I think, you know, that's one of the more impressive things about movies. You know what I'm saying? So, like, me and you, I think, is is the definition of what re- movies represent. You see what I mean? Yeah, I, I, I feel you on that one. All right. There's um. There was actually one last question that I I wanted to ask, and this is a. Uh, it kind of feels like a. It almost it almost feels like a, I want to end the podcast on the on, a, on the note that we just ended on, but I kind of I kind of want to want us to keep going a little bit. One for sure. One last inch here on this one is uh. I wrote down favorite director. Oh, don't do that to me, Louis. Come on now. <laughs> God damn. Man. <laughs> Shit. Like, what what's your favorite director? I, I need I time already, to think I know, about. I already mine. know it. I my like my first go to like like the, when I when I first wrote that question, my my like the first thing that popped in my head was uh, Christopher Nolan. But then I'm like, fuck that. I went. I'm gonna <laughs> go <Damn>. with. <laughs> <laughs> well, you say that like that's almost a bad thing. Like fuck that. Like that's well, too I, I that's too it. cliche. Everybody gonna say that. Fuck I know. That. Actually, yeah, that's exactly the reason why I was like bumped at because I actually don't want it to be that easy. You know what I mean? Like it's just yeah. like that's no no. I can't. It can't. But I also I went from easy to like another easy one because I feel like this one's a layup right here. All right, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Steven Spielberg on this Ooh, one. Uh, all time great. He's yeah he's he's one of the goats. All right. Yeah. And and the reason why I say uh, Steven Spielberg specifically is because you know he he essentially created the modern day blockbuster when he created you know Jaws. Jaws. Yeah. You know yeah. like we he he taught Hollywood to count to a billion. Uh huh. You know yeah. so. I um I wanted to say that you know Steven Spielberg is he's really he's really good because he is just like he's not like a, a director that's pigeonholed into making one thing you know like mm-hmm. you know someone like a George Lucas you know he's a good director but he's sort of pigeon pigeonholed himself to the Star Wars universe and stuff like yeah, that yeah um he didn't really flex outside of genre you know and yeah. I think with with um, with Steven Spielberg, you know, he he made movies like we talked about Empire of the Sun. Uh-huh. We talked uh he's also like, you know, he directed E.T. He yeah. directed the Indiana Jones movies. Yeah, Jurassic di- Park. Yeah, Jurassic Park and uh he made um um other genre films like uh, I actually give a Saving I, Private Ryan. And, <laughs> Saving yeah. Private, damn, like uh, I was going to say uh, Minority Report. People sleep on that movie. I actually think I like I kind of like Minority Report. I like Catch Me If You Can. Catch also, Me If You Can. Oh, 
And then the one he did uh, that was in black and white. Oh man, Schindler's List. Uh, Schindler's, that Schindler's List. Mess. Yeah, that was. I was about to say that one next. Uh, but yeah, no, he's uh, he's just made like just not only just like really excellent movies and stuff like that that are just like like peak cinema, but he also um, just made like a plethora of like different genres and stuff like that. You know, like yeah, they're like not Steven Spielberg. He he really is a chameleon, man, because. As soon as you think you could have him bottled down with one type of genre, like even if I look at someone like a Nolan, right? Nolan, he's a modern day goat for sure. But you know, Nolan, he's always associated with these um, the, the sci-fi heady, sci-fi, like- right? Right? You know, and that's why, like Dunkirk, to me, when he did Dunkirk, it blew me away because I'm like, wow, he's doing something that's not sci-fi or not superhero or you know what I'm saying? Like, and I think. You know, he's kind of putting himself in one lane. But you look at someone like Spielberg. I mean, the dude did the color purple. You know what I mean? Like, and then <laughs> also you would did, never think that. You would never right, think that. Right, exactly. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? He's He really is a chameleon, and he'll do anything. I mean, even recently, he did the little digital movie. Uh, What's that movie called? Ready, Ready Player One. Ready Player One, yeah. Yeah, he did Ready Player One, and then he also did The Post. Like a year later or something like that, and you know, a like Tom Hanks movie called The Terminal, you know, like, right? Yeah, like yeah. he's 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 just always been like that. And like he also he did like the BFG a couple years back, you know, like a big shout you know, out to the War War Horse as well. By the way, that's War a good... Horse. Like I mean, the dude is he's he's a true chameleon, man. He can do just about anything. And if you want to, if you want to give Steven Spielberg to do a romantic comedy, I'm pretty sure it'll be the best romantic comedy to ever romantic. Comedy. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You know, for sure. So yeah, man, you, you can't go wrong with Spielberg. You know what I mean? You, you can't go wrong with Spielberg. You know, that's almost as cliche as Christopher Nolan, to be honest. <laughs> for real. I know, I know, but like, I really, I, I just wanted to pick him just because it's like, if you're trying to draft, if you're trying to create like, uh, uh, if you're trying to, um, uh, create a movie and stuff like in your head and you're like all right um we're gonna you know you can pick any director you can pick any screenwriter you can pick any actor like if i'm gonna be like uh pick any director i'm gonna go with steven spielberg he's gonna yeah. go to the top of the list because he can literally direct anything yeah so yeah, yeah. now you can't go wrong with that for sure i think mine mine would be so okay like i'm breaking down like this i think my favorite director would be quentin tarantino like he's yeah he's my i think he's my favorite but i think the best director of all time is martin scorsese so i could i know how to like divide my 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 preference over what i think is the best in terms of like quality you know what i'm saying i'm unbiased in that sense so like i could recognize that martin scorsese to me is the greatest filmmaker of all time like he's the he's the best right but then my favorite in terms of my preference and what I like, I, I think I, my favorite would be Quentin Tarantino. It's just I like how like guys like him is like cancel proof, like dudes like him is cancel proof. He do any goddamn type of movie. You know what I mean? He doesn't. It's like he doesn't care. You know what I mean? It's like he's not going to shy away from making movies that are too violent or he's not going to shy away from making movies that is racist and he's not going to shy because he understands that it's art. It's not. It doesn't mean this is what he just because he make a movie about racist doesn't make him a racist. Right. Like it's so many people that especially in today's world, like there's so many people that's afraid of certain doing certain topics and certain subject matter because they'll get criticized as if that's the way they feel. But it's like 
I like the idea of movies being art. You know, if someone makes a movie about a serial killer, does that make them a serial killer? No. Like, that's, you know, they're making a movie about a serial killer. You know, like, whoever did Hannibal Lecter, you know, wasn't crazy when they made Hannibal Lecter. You know what I mean? But, we're you know, we live in a world where, you know, you, you could get canceled. And, you know, if you make a movie about some terrible subject matter or something like that, they'll try to associate it with the way you think and the way you are or whatever. I like how Quentin Tarantino says, screw all that. I don't care. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to make the movies I want to make, and I'm going to have them be how I want them to be. No matter how violent it is, no matter if they're racist, it, uh, it, you know, it doesn't matter. It's about storytelling, you know, and uh, it, he really makes you focus on the art, right? Because if you're somebody that's unbiased and you're not going to say, oh, I don't like this movie just because it got too much violence or I don't like this movie just because it's too much cursing in it or whatever. But if, if you're unbiased and you just watch it for the, the quality of the film, he forces you to be like, damn, I like this movie. You know, yep. as much as I don't like the F-bombs he's dropping, as much as I don't like the way, you know, uh, people could be racist or women being, mis um, being mistreated or whatever the case may be, as much as I don't like that stuff, I got to give him credit for how good he's telling this story. And I, I just, I think I always respect that about him. And uh, I think that's why, like, I, I would put, you know, him as, like, my favorite director. You know, like, just being that bold and ambitious and unapologetically, like, not scared to do what he want to do. You know, it's like, it's not a lot of directors that do that. You know what I'm saying? So... That's why I think I slightly put him in as my ever so slightly over Nolan. It's like Nolan is 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 my like ever so slightly second best, you know. But I think Nolan is a little bit like I said before. He kind of keeps himself in that same box of like sci-fi. You know what I mean? Like if you look at all his movies, that's what they've been. You know, uh, Tenet, sci-fi, uh, Prestige, yeah, the Prestige, Interstellar, yeah. uh all the you know all his movies just fall in that same kind of box as much as i love him it's like i want to see him branch off like i want to see him do stuff more stuff like dunkirk like how he did dunkirk was a war film you know what i mean i want to see him but do also, horror i also want to say that he shot dunkirk like it's a sci-fi movie i just want to say that the yeah whole he did playing he with did. time yeah. yeah yeah he he did he, i mean he implemented his time like he always do with all his stuff but at the same time like he explored the 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 um the real nature of war like he he really that suspense he he dealt with stuff he never dealt with before as a True. filmmaker so that's why i respected how he did dunkirk because his style is his style it's gonna seem like a sci-fi you know he could might can make a romantic comedy and it feel like a damn sci-fi movie because that's <laughs> that's just his style you know but i i just want to see him do as much as i like enjoy tenant or as much as i enjoy all these different inception and all this stuff I want to see him do a horror movie. I want to see him do a drama or uh, something like a period piece or, a or just something different. <laughs> or a comedy or something like a that. A comedy, yeah. yeah, anything. You know, I, I that's the only reason I can't put Nolan as the number one guy, uh, you know, modern day number one guy because he kind of puts himself in a box. And anytime directors do that, you got to start to wonder, like, is there some kind of self-doubt there? Like, damn, if I get out of my lane, will I mess up? You know, like you seen that with M. Night Shyamalan, like he was doing those like horror yeah. <laughs> uh, suspense movies and stuff. And as soon as he started trying to do other stuff, his movies became terrible. He became the worst director in Hollywood history. So it's like, I wonder if directors be afraid of that happening. You know what I mean? So, but yeah, yeah I think I have to go with Quentin Tarantino. 
Okay. Let's make this the last question to end the podcast on here since we're about at time here. So, by the way, this is a good conversation. This is really good, by the way. We have yeah, yeah, this sure. a really good podcast. Probably our best, our best yet. Um, I just wanted to ask you this question, and I already know my answer on this one, but what is an actor that you will watch a movie because the actor's in it? Uh, mine is Leonardo DiCaprio, easily. Damn, that's nice. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, mine and mine's I don't know why, but mine has been like this ever since like high school, and I don't know if I was like a man crush thing or whatever, but Brad Pitt for me. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's cool. That's dope. You know, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood got both of them in it. You know, <laughs> well, like well, the thing with Brad Pitt and with Leo is like for me, it's their charisma. Like whatever yes, part they play. I was about to say that. Yeah, yeah. Like whatever part they play, they're gonna bring some of who they are to the film so it's like oh i get to see like for me it's like i get to see leonardo caprio yell you know what i mean like i can't wait to see the next movie where he's yelling screaming to the top of his lungs on a scene like i you know i actually get excited to see what scene that's going to be in the movie where he screams to the top of his lungs you know what i mean or like with brad pitt it's like damn i want to see what scene he's gonna do where he smile you know yeah. what i mean like he always <laughs> smiling and shit you know yeah, what the- i mean that was the the one movie I was gonna spotlight specifically was called Burn After Reading. I don't know oh, if you yeah, saw that I one. Love that movie. He literally was the best part of that movie. Like I yeah. think the movie itself was kind of like eh or whatever. It's kind of yeah, like yeah, yeah. a little mediocre, but he like elevates the material and stuff and how he's so charismatic and so carefree and like a little goofball and shit like that. Yeah, and yeah. like his little dance moves. And I think like for me, like that was like it was like a crazy ass shit that happened to his character. I'm not gonna spoil it, but like I was uh <laughs> I just got to say, like, when he's in something, he makes, for me, it makes it better. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, shout out to Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Uh, oh, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, man. He did the damn thing in that movie. Yeah. Shout out and to I, Troy. I, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I agree. I love uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, man. Like, that that movie was just fun as hell. And, like, I think, you know, the, the movie he won his first Oscar with uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and with Quentin Tarantino I think, like, he literally, to me, won the Oscar because of his charisma. Like, he was so charismatic through the entire movie. It, like, literally won him an Oscar. You know what I mean? Like, like you don't you don't see that normally where someone's charisma itself almost. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. He was great in the movie. But I'm just saying, like, his charisma was, like, made you say, like, oh, damn, this dude probably had one of the best performances of the year. And he won the Oscar, this, like, this last Oscar for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So... You know, that, like he's definitely one of them guys for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. So shout out to. Did you ever see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? By the way, still haven't seen it. Honestly, I, I want to. Like, I want to, but like, there's. I've seen a majority of his filmography, by the way. So like, I've seen, yeah. I've seen Fury. Uh, I've seen obviously Inglorious Bastards. I've seen Twelve Years a Slave. Yeah. Um, I've seen The Big Short now. Finally, uh, also yeah. shout out to Moneyball. I think that with Ooh. Moneyball specifically, like. I think he makes that movie good because uh-huh. it's him. Like that's what I'm. I mean, Jonah Hill also did the damn thing have you as seen well. Twelve Monkeys, his like what, what, what put him on the map. Twelve yeah, Monkeys. I have yeah. with that, Bruce that Willis right there was Oscar. He, I think he got nominated for an Oscar in that, and that blew him up. Like real talk. Yeah, it looks like did Seven come out before Twelve Monkeys or something? Because it no, says, it came out after. And Seven is a masterpiece, by the way, one of the all-time great films for real. Yeah. But yeah, that came out after Twelve Monkeys. Like Twelve Monkeys is when he kind of got his start. Seven, he was already Brad Pitt, you know. Oh, okay, okay. Um, and then the last shout out here from Brad Pitt here is uh, just because he's not with the Mexican. 
just not. I, I, it was an, it was an all right movie. I actually remember that movie uh, surprisingly, but I, I, I don't think I ever seen that one. I didn't see that one. It's because you know, like uh, Dave Chappelle made the joke. It's like, oh, uh, uh, Brad Pitt is the the Mexican, and Tom Cruise <laughs> is the Last Samurai, and then <laughs> and then uh, he's he's gonna make a movie, and then and Dave Chappelle's like, I'm gonna make a movie that's gonna call it the last motherfucking N word on earth. <laughs> Starring Tom Hanks, you know, and I, like that. I, I respect Brad Pitt too, man, because he be uh, producing some good movies. Like he produced Twelve Years a Slave. I mean, even though he was in it, like he's the one that made that movie happen. You know what I mean? And uh, like that kind of subject matter for a, a white guy from you know that's a millionaire from Hollywood. You know, for him to make a movie like Twelve Years a Slave, man, you got to get that guy credit for that for real. Yeah, yeah. And of course he did the motion movies which like everyone everyone else in Hollywood that was a big name back then did as well. And yeah. The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Damn. Oh, and also fun fact, it's crazy. My pick and your pick for uh both starred in Growing Pains. Um the little <laughs> television sitcom show that like back in the 90s they both was on Growing Pains. That's crazy. Damn. Yeah. Holy shit. All right. Well there that's a fun place to end right there. I think uh Damn Troy, we uh we definitely did the damn thing on this on this show and uh hopefully if anyone listens to the show or um you know can basically vibe with us some more that'd be awesome. Um hopefully this sh- this episode is going to be like our uh, our higher plays episode because like I would imagine that like you can still listen to this very episode a year from now and it's still just as oh, relevant. Yeah. I would imagine. Oh, yeah, for sure. And uh, now the end is near. So I face the final curtain. Yeah, that's a good place. Uh, a good place to end there. So let's uh, go ahead and uh, end it here. So it's time to end. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Ready Press or Ready Play Movies. Remember, you can reach the podcast by email at readyplaymovies at gmail.com or simply at readyplaymovies on Twitter. I'm on Twitter at chakalaka88 and Troy. Bracy Troy 58. So don't forget to subscribe, give us a review, tell your friends about the show and all that good stuff. See you next time. Bye.